Bale of Clyde still thought Mark Mackay could do it. But instead on Monday night, their former boss was being queuing it. There aren't many jobs Mark didn't do during his four-year spell bossing the tin pail, but last weekend he called it quits as manager. The club didn't want him to go, but rather than taking training this week, Mark was wandering around his local DIY store. He joins us on our return to tell us why he couldn't be persuaded to change his mind. He outlines why he thinks the old firm qualifying for the Europa League helps West of Scotland league bosses. We also look back at his career as a no-nonsense striker he admits he'd have hated to manage. There's also Mark's debut at Bayliston when he was sent packing after just 13 seconds. Plus, Des Roach joins us as guest co-host and explains why losing a player on call at half-time in a clash played a part in he and boss Martin Ferry leaving Kilburnie Laidside. It's good to be back as we go down the divisions. Well, welcome back to Down the Divisions. Uh, due to some unforeseen circumstances, we took a mid-summer break there, but now we're back taking a look at Scotland's lower leagues. Well, one of us, one of the usual duos anyway. Uh, Paul is still off, but we've got a more than able deputy sitting in for him. Uh, the now former Kilburnie Laidside assistant boss, Des Roach, is with us, co-hosting this week. Uh, good to have you with us, uh, Des. Um well, since since our last down the division show, uh, yourself and the manager Martin Ferry have obviously left Kilburnie. I guess it hadn't been the easiest of starts to the season, but uh, but what happened? I think it was a accumulation of a few things. Uh, a lot of it bad luck, a lot of it injuries. Um, the first four games we played, we had Ock and Lech, we had co-winning, which to be honest, you're not really expecting to be taking many points in those. Those are bonuses. Um, but our games against Hurlford, Ben Barb, uh, Rob Roy, we certainly were looking to take take points from there. But the, the the some of the some of the things that were going on. I mean, I think in each of the games we lost a goal within the first five minutes. Uh, we had numerous players injured. We're losing goals in the last minute, so we're only losing those games by one goal. And that's 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 just say individual errors that were coming around. Um, I can tell you some of the the, the crazy things played against Ben Barb. Uh, we went 1-0 ahead down there, one each at half-time. Come in at half-time, one of our strikers had hurt his groin just before half-time, so we knew we were planning making a change, but we were hoping he would get through it. He then comes in and says, no, he has to come off. Allied to that, one of our other players comes up to us and gives the manager his phone, to which we're saying, why are you giving us, why are you giving us your phone? To turn around and tell us that he's actually on call and he's been called out. So we're having to lose by centre-half. At half time, so that's two forced, two forced changes, and then five, ten minutes into the second half, uh, another striker, Brendan Sharp, a fair challenge. There was nothing. It was just two boys going for the ball. Does his ankle and he's going about for seven weeks? Then we go and lose a goal in the last minute. Again, uh, go to Rob Roy, and we change the goalkeeper, gave the other goalkeeper a chance, playing well, keeping a clean sheet, saved a penalty. He then goes up for a, a corner or a cross rather, comes down with an injury that I think I'm hearing last night that's potentially going to need surgery. So our other goalkeeper who has came on loses another goal, so straight away. Then we had on the Ross Wheel game, we looked round at one point and standing at the side of the pitch with our cup of tea and our club tracksuits, we had seven starters 
seven boys starting. Um, so it was just everything was not aligned for us. Uh, we were drawing one each at half time, and then again losing silly goals. So um, we decided, uh, as a management team, or Martin certainly decided, along with myself and James, that maybe this was the, the time to the time to let somebody else have a go. And the committee as well, to be fair to them, it was a one of these mutual consent. We both knew the the situation. Uh, there's been no absolutely no falling out. Uh, I've actually spoken to the chairman and the president since we've left, and vice versa. We're always welcome down. But I think if we just had a wee bit of rubber of green, maybe recruitment a bit easier as well through the summer and commitment for boys to be able to make training. I know we would have turned it around. Say, I think we turned around. We were only two wins away from being inside the top ten. Alas, it wasn't to go, so no point crying over spilled milk. We like our wins and we got on with it and we, we go again. I was going to say, just just kind of briefly, looking to get back in, right opportunity comes up? Yeah, I think, um, obviously, my loyalty is with Martin. Um, so if, I think he's always got enough credentials still within the game. In fact, I know he has. Um, but I think we've agreed we'll take, a, we'll take a couple of weeks, spend time with the family, um, take in a couple of games here and there and just wait to see if anything anything comes along down the line. But I certainly wouldn't be averse to get back in, no. I would be quite quite happy to do so. Well, we're glad to have you here this week. Uh, um, no doubt we'll hear more about reasons for leaving early in the season when we speak to Mark shortly. Uh, before that, a quick word for our sponsors, media agency 44 Creative. Not only do they have photographers, graphic designers, videographers and video editors, to help promote your content, brand, organization, or event. They now offer website services too. They make creation personal, and they'd love to hear from you. Find out more at www.44creativehq.com, and we'll include that link in the show's description on your podcast player too. Back to the show, and please do keep the comments and suggestions for guests coming. If you're a club in the lower leagues looking for more exposure, we'd also like to hear from you. Our email address is downthedivisions at gmail.com. That's downthedivisions at gmail.com. Or you can contact us through Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. My name's Tommy Sloan, Ochenlet Talbot Manager. You're listening to Down the Divisions. Former Vale of Clyde boss Mark Mackay is with us this week. Thanks for being with us, Mark. Thank you very much. Thank you. We'll, uh, we'll chat some more in a moment, but before we do, we've got the Down the Divisions decider. We'll give you four clues for a particular club from League One down, then reveal the answer at the end of the show. Now, every Saturday morning, every Saturday morning without fail, I get a text from Des Roach with a with a name and a question mark, name of a club and a question mark. He's obviously listening to the show. He's heard the clues and he's trying to be smart that he knows the answer. So we're going to put it to the test this week. <laughs> no pressure. You ready for yep. this, right? No, no pressure. We'll bring you in as well on this one. Mark. As long as it's, as long as it's not Coburnley. I'll be like This week, I'm looking for the club that was founded at an old jail office in 1895. They won their first Scottish Junior Cup seven years later in 1902. Their motto: Fame from smoke is incorporated on their club badge. And when their previous ground was demolished in 2007, it was the oldest junior ground in Scotland. And their current ground is now named after a lifelong supporter. If you know the answer, don't say it now. Mark looks as though he might have an inkling. 
to be honest, the only thing that would throw me from that is, I'm sure you said it was um, League One and down. Yes. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'll have a think. I'm, I'm, mm, time will tell. Uh, there's two, two. come to mind. The, right. the, thing, the thing with the old jail, cause, is that incorporated on their badge? We'll find out the answer at the end of the show, Des. Okay. <laughs> Hank Des is the winner. Hank Des is the winner. Hi, it's Murdo McKinnon, Port Manager here, and you're listening to Down the Divisions. Former Vale of Clyde boss Mark Mackay is with us. Uh, well, we might as well cut to the chase, Mark. Um, you resigned from the Tin Pail job on Sunday. I think the side had taken, correct me if I'm wrong, five points from eight games, sitting 13th out of 15 in the West of Scotland League Conference C, I think. Uh, like Des, I guess it's early in the season to be leaving a club. Tell us your reasons for, for deciding to move on. Oh, similar to Des in terms of losing key players at key times, and if you even look at what results, um, the odd goal here or there to, to certain clubs, I think we only lost, ever lost this season, we've only lost the games that we've lost by a two-goal margin. Um, our drossing was 2-0, one was an OG, um, St Anthony's and Saturday was 3-1, um, could have been different. Uh, and you look to it, I think you look at all sorts of different things throughout it, but ultimately I've said, and, uh, and I'll stick by that, that if I come off a park and I don't see a positive within that, um, then what is the point, ultimately? Um, the way I've done it, um, I, I, I'll never regret it. I sat all the boys down. I said to my my coach, sort of, a 25 minutes to go in the game, and make sure every single boy that's here today is in that changing room after it. So I knew well before it wasn't like Des has maybe been there as well. That where is that after a game you go into a rant and you book water bottles and you every manager deals with things differently. But I sat them, sat all the boys down, asked them all to leave their stuff. We'll have a chat. Said to them ultimately, I didn't think that was good enough. And it, the buck stops with me. I picked the team. I signed the players. Um, players will maybe players will say, "Look, it's it's not you. It's us individually." But for me, I didn't see a positive. I think I think conference C and anybody that knows the conferences is, is certainly the hardest of the three conferences. I think if you look at conference A and B, and no disrespect to some of the other clubs, but there's maybe the bottom four teams are all sitting in one point. Um, or maybe no, even no points in, in, in some cases and, and taking some, there's been some big doings dished out within it and everybody said that when the leagues were all put together. So, could, could I have a state, I was under no pressure for Vera Clyde. So Vera Clyde even, they reluctantly accepted that I thought it was time to go. They, they, dis, they disbelieved that, they think I should have stayed. I, I've put a lot of work in and they wanted me to stay and I, like Des said, I, I still speak to the chairman. I spoke to the vice president today, and I had a good chat with him. And he texted me after it, saying, "Look, it's not too late to change your mind." But I just feel right now, I think is the the right moment. Subsequently, some things have changed in the club since I've left, which is great for the club. Um, I took, I done the social media. I helped with the park. I helped with. I maybe took. There wasn't probably a line between myself as the manager and the committee man in terms of what you were doing within the club. So from that, somebody took over the social media and I'm led to believe now when the next manager comes in, all he'll do is football. So that then for me 
advance the club, starting to go in the right the right process and they're going to do things a wee bit more professionally is, is what they're trying then. For me then, ultimately, I, I made the right decision because the club's still going to progress. Yes, I've I, I put in, I think I've been there now four years now and I've probably been at the park seven days a week in that four years. And, and anybody at this level knows it's a full-time job. My Absolutely. own work, my own work is a hindrance because <laughs> that's what happens. I live and breathe football. So ultimately for me, that, that was the thing. But the last couple of weeks, I felt maybe it become too much a wee bit of a chore. And I always say a boy, if it's a chore going to training, or I'm quite animated on the touchline of anybody you've seen in my games. And maybe I wasn't getting enough energy off. And sometimes that's what the players need and they bounce off that. So I just thought maybe take a wee step back. Um, the club asked me, look, why don't you just take two weeks off and we'll put somebody into him charge and take a wee break and see how you feel and stuff. I think it's right at the moment for, for the club to, to go in a different direction. And I think ultimately, time will tell if that's right or not. Um, and certainly last night walking in being q at 7 o'clock, it wasn't right because I was demented and I, I can't do that again. So um, I'll get my wee face out tomorrow and I'll go and watch a game. I think what's coming across... I think what's coming across here is exactly how, how how we were feeling, and I think the word you used is, is hits the nail on the head. Frustration. It's total yeah. frustration because COVID. When we took over the job, the league the league stopped. We weren't playing. It didn't mean we stopped working. It didn't mean we no. we weren't still trying to get players. Look at how we can improve things. And you come home on a Saturday night and you analyse the game. And you get through everything that you can. You think what what else can I actually do to influence this result? I'm giving everything I've got. Um, maybe an area where Martin and I didn't do is we never went through the players at any point. I believe treating them like an adult, uh, the way I, the way I, in my own work, if you keep shouting at folk, they don't listen. So we trying to be very um, positive. Let's let's lower again. Let's look for reasons. But as you say, it's twenty four seven, and it's just total total frustration. Yeah, there's hundred percent. And what I feel is, I've been in changing rooms and I played juniors about 20 years ago and Dougie Bell was my manager and he didn't miss you to be honest Dougie he, he didn't miss anybody but right now there's a it's not the same game it's not nah. the same game they don't some people react to that some people need a cuddle so, and that's all the duties of man management so screaming at some boys that, that are maybe a, a bit experienced and maybe know that but ultimately you never walk off a park and need me to tell you that you were bad or you made a mistake or whatever. I've seen my boys and they laugh and that when I see it. For the last four years at Villa Clyde, I've been played of the year. I've never mistimed a tackle. I've never mistimed a header. I, I, I've never been booked. I, I've, all, the man was always offside. Because that's what you do to say. Because you're not within the game environment. You go one and one with the keeper. You take a touch and the keeper saves it. Should have hit it first time. You hit it first time. Keeper saves it. Should have took a touch. It's, e- it's so easy to say, but when you're mm. in that, the, the middle of that environment, and you take a bad touch and you pick the wrong pass, that, ultimately that's what happened. That, that's where we are. That, that's why some people are in the, the, the Super League and uh, in the Premier and some boys are in the conferences. It's not, I don't believe it's that they're bad players, it's just their decision making. And I said that to the boys, what was happening, Des, you might, might allude to this as well, is we were getting to the byline. And five times it should be cut back and five times it should be crossed. And five times it should be crossed, we're cutting it back. 
and the five times you should be cut back, you're crossing it. But when it was happening to you, you're picking the wrong option. You're actually yeah. losing a goal, 80 yards away, because you're all in a position, or we've picked the wrong option even. So 70, 80 yards away from your own goal, our decision making was poor, or it was if we picked the wrong, we shouldn't have played him. They break up the park, the next thing you know it's a goal, and your confidence is just sucked out them, and you're going, to, where do you go from here? That's exactly how our boys we um they could see they could see they were going out like kinda lose a goal in the first couple of minutes, they lose a goal in the first couple of minutes, then they'll let a bag of jaggies for the next twenty five, then they'll maybe yeah. get a hold they'll get a hold of the game, you get them in at half time, you reset, right, okay, let's go, we've got a, a fresh plan. Two minutes later there's a goal down or we've got a corner kick, the ball goes up the other end of the park, something happens to the defender, one on one with the goalkeeper, you're losing goals. So yeah. it's a it, it's accumul it's an accumulation. So I think like yourself when your frustration and you leave to go, well, somebody else needs a shot at this now. Somebody else needs to do a go. If you look at our last two Saturday, Saturday performances, East Bride we lost apparently in the first a minute and thirty seconds, I think you're one down. Then get in the game, miss two one and ones, right on half time, boy takes a shot, our defender blocks it, comes back to the boy, puts it in the corner. And at a point you're in the game, we then reset at half time, came out second half, scored one goal and maybe could have got another. You're like, right, 2 1, East Coast Bride, who were very young um, on the day and they, they probably deserved a win. We, we'll probably say we deserved a draw out of it. They'll say, no, we thought we'd done it well. Then you go and play Lanark midweek, lose a goal again, but probably the best we'd played in a, a few weeks. Once again, create chance after chance after chance, draw one each, you're going, right, Saturday comes. Three, five minutes in, I think, to Anthony's score. And then, you, as you say, Des, you, you, you get in the game. We've got, a, I think it's a stonewall penalty and everybody running about it. They, they keep a pulse on back. You don't get that. Miss a chance, miss a free header. They have a free kick. Hits the wall, breaks back to the boy at stand and no taking the free kick and boy puts you in the bottom corner. And you're just thinking to yourself, wow, where where, where do you go from here? We say it again at half time. Lost a goal right after half time and then scored a penalty in the second half, but oh, you can't blame me for these. I can't blame the players. I'll take. You can try. You can. You can. I'm saying I won't blame them now, but on Saturday, uh, I, I said to the referee on Saturday, I don't think the referees are biased in any way. Some of them are just, unfortunately, I don't think are good enough. That, and that, I don't mean that to be bad. I watched a guy last Saturday. We played East Coast and the referee for that game. Um, I've been kind to me with the fittest of referees that we've had. I don't think he had a bad game at all. Saturday there, um, I went to watch our Saturday morning side. To, it's a link that I started, a Saturday morning team, and we are generating players and trying to get young boys through it. And we, we, missed, we didn't go into the 20 because I wanted the boy to go and play against adults because I think it'll be a wee bit better for them. And it was the same referee. So he's out doing Saturday morning games. And then we'd pay them £65 in the afternoon. More on, that's no right. That's no right for me. No. Um, and on Saturday, I'm pretty sure he'd done that game in the morning. And he was, I'm sure he was in the Premier League in terms of either on the line or at the Hurlford Ben Bob game, I think, or Beath Ben Bob game. So uh, we want to go over the west of Scotland and we want to get everything right. Give the best it's about then. Give us the best referees. Don't be letting them. Associate with another association. They want to do games on a Sunday, and it doesn't affect us. But I've went and resigned, use of resigned, sometimes decisions within that game. So 
give us the best opportunity we can. Yeah. Twenty minutes in, Des, Des, Des is a former referee. Uh, referees are getting mentioned. I was going to come on to this later, but um, maybe now is the right time. Uh, would you agree with what Mark's saying there? Uh, you've you've now seen it, if you like, from both sides of the coin. Um, I think what Matt says that it's not a blanket statement saying there are poor referees. There's some very good referees that are in there. Um, we had a we had a couple, we had a couple maybe I, I I didn't agree with. Um, but I made sure that I tried to conduct myself in the right manner because I know what it's like to be there. There is a there is a shortage of referees, and I think that's more noticeable when you see the guys that are having to run the line in the Premier League as well. You're thinking, God, it's just young young boys here, uh, and they look a wee bit look a wee bit intimidated but yeah no we've, we've had some strong referees some 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 good ones uh but i, I, I wouldn't blame them I, what i would blame is the just individual errors lack of um confidence and that just sort of that sort of manifests itself one thing i was going to say to mark also came through the summer we've got our teams ready to start how were you for your squad size this year and what, what sort of numbers were you looking to carry what we did we lost Right before the season started, really, I lost four players. Then it went to five. They were all starters. And you see boys starting with tracksuits. I lost a boy, Adam Watt, who went to Albion Rovers. I lost a boy um, who went to Rob Roy, um, Luke Kelly. I lost Kevin Turner, went back to East Stirling. So I was going very COVID protocols and that. I, I normally run my big numbers at the field. I've never we've never had any money. Or, well, certainly since I've been there. So me taking my squad to 22 to maybe 25, you're only buying another tracksuit. So because I knew like the, the COVID protocols and people not making work in the first month was going to be Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday. After not playing for six months, you were always going to pick up niggles and knocks. It, it was always going to happen. So. Um, my squad was roughly sitting about 22-ish um, at that time. So we, well, we were carrying, I think we had 18 signed players and then mm-hmm. we were bringing in a couple of boys on trial just to yeah. fill jerseys and help us mm-hmm. just to... And that's obviously, no disrespect to be like, that's a club in the Premier League who boys have been paid pretty decent pretty decent expenses and pretty decent money. But yeah. the to get numbers to, to training was very, very frustrating prior to the season. I mean... Sometimes we were getting boys, there's 10 of you, and guys are saying, well, can we do shape at training? Can we do this? And going, oh, very well, but how can you do shape when you're playing a game of five-a-side? So yeah. that was that was, that was was huge for me. Uh, and we were really relying. And they were, they were to an extent about them doing their fitness work away from the ground. We put expectations on them and gave them sessions, etc. so that we do have them for those three hours a week. It's all football based and you can try and work on a, your defence and attack and situations that you can find yourself in. But if the numbers aren't there, it's just impossible to it, do. You, you can't do shape with 10 people because you need to, you need a back four or you need a back three or, and you need your five midfielders in front of that and you need somebody to go and attack them. So I, I can understand that. Where I did probably benefit slightly is having the amateur side and there's a lot of very good young boys in that that I, I filtered through the training system and let them come and train with us and they played a lot of, we played a way to Madanindale and I think I took four or five of them with me because we were still trying to shape our squad. So that did help in terms of training numbers. Like we're training numbers last week when we trained. So that was Monday night when we trained. Um, I had 24. That was before the Lanark game. So excellent. Our, our numbers have been, basically every every sort of assigned player within the squad was there and had an, a, a, an extra goalkeeper that, and he helped me. So 
they had the basically my full time and I, I scored there. Um, but your players are your players all local? Are they all did they all travel from fairly 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 local? Most most were all sort of a East End of Glasgow based. Um, there's not too many. Um, was there any at all? I don't think it was any sort of out with. Some maybe East End based originally maybe have now moved to sort of a out towards Campus Lang or various bits and pieces. But in the main they're all sort of East End boys. Yeah, sales so were very spread out. We had we tried to sort of do it by pockets if there was a few guys travelling together. So we had quite a few coming from Inverclyde. We had a couple from the East End slash East Kilbride that could come together. Um mm. we only had a couple from Ayrshire and say so we had a couple in the trial and then We've just had a player come in to say as if he'd scored a couple of goals for us this year, saying that he's now having to go and work in Abu Dhabi because he's got a two-year contract out there. So losing losing goals for your team, you're just it was just always up against it. Yeah, definitely. There's nothing worse. We were losing silly goals and no scoring goals, so that is a yeah. that's a disaster. Unfortunately, why I'm I'm at being good on a Monday. Talk to us about though about commitment you know and, and it seems to be a theme that kind of is running through speaking to a lot of managers Paul mentions it a lot as well you know you'd think after having perhaps having had the lockdown players not been able to play for so long you know the one way it could have gone was that they were just dying to get back you know they'd missed it they wanted to be there but it seems to a lot of teams seem to be talking about commitment and, and, and getting guys to turn up regularly and is it because they maybe found other things to do on a Saturday while they've been out, uh, unable to play or maybe the wife's found them other things to do on a Saturday but but have you, I mean talk to us about that Mark what do you think the issue is is it is it just a generational thing is it does it mean as much now to boys I had like when we sort of a start of the season I, I spoke to three or four boys that played with me previously that I had um, I, I looked to bring in a wee bit more experience this year so I'd, I'd went back to boys that I'd I had before and boys that had left to go and play with other clubs. I brought one in, one trained once and then said he would rather um, he would rather work or play golf. Um, one played away to Madanendale, trained twice I think, played away to Arthur and played away to Madanendale and says look I'm just not as committed as you need me to be. So I think there is that element, a lot of boys took up golf and they're enjoying it. Um, I don't know, I just think the game's different. I think young boys they, they came out of twenty ones uh, or whatever they're going and I don't know they, they seem to want to somewhat go and watch um, Rangers or Celtic sometimes and I've always been a I've always been a lover of Rangers and Celtic for for our club certainly being in the or my old club should I say um, being in the Europa League because it's Thursday Sunday it doesn't affect you we train Monday Wednesday so you're no you're no saying to the boys. Celtic's playing AC Milan tonight, or Rangers are playing in the Champions League or Europa League. It was always Thursday, so it never ever had that conflict of interest. Subsequently, I've seen that our attendances were slightly higher as well. And when you're at your level, you need all the money you can get. So I was getting another, ten, not even a lot, but you're getting another 10 guys in who have paid in and sort of I bought a pie. And that's another £10 that you never had. So that's £100 which covers a training cost for a week. So there is an element of that to it as well. So I just think boys are different. I don't think they're made. I, I remember before playing playing the game and playing the juniors years ago, and, and even all through it, sort of a playing. My leg would have to be hanging off for me not to play. A dead leg, you're no declaring that. Uh, muscle, you're, uh, you've got as much deep peel on it as you can. You've you're strapped up. 
you're walking out like the tin man until you've done the warm up. Now you're going, oh, I've bruised my nail. I'm not making it for. I'm, I'm out for two weeks. So what do you mean? You get a sore finger. So unless you're my goalkeeper, then I fully believe you can still play with that. But um, I just think the game's different. It's just a different young young boys coming through. Just I was brought up in East End of Glasgow, so I played in Red Ash. I played in Black Ash. You've got these boys now going. Where do you train? Or oh, we train. We use this. Yeah, we've got. We use Lock End High School. We used the the grass there until the light nights come in or the dark nights come in. And you need to go into an astro turf. Is it 5G? Is it this or is it that? I think to myself, so when you train, when you train, come and give me exactly. a lot of training for that hour and a half. We'll I don't buy it. As professional as possible. And then uh, that's it. You know what I mean? I don't buy into the, certainly young players now complaining about playing in Ashley. Yes, I don't agree. I think we should play in a grass pitch and Coburn's yes. got a tremendous pitch. However, mm-hmm. all these young kids have came through schools, they've came through academies, they've been pro youth. All kids know nowadays is to play on AstroTurf. They don't really, they don't, certainly my son, he's never played in a grass park in his life. Um, oh, he doesn't know, no. That's so all crazy. these guys, these guys know what AstroTurf's like, they know the bounce, they know, so as much as it's not maybe for, for the purest, but you know you can guarantee a session to be on, you know you can guarantee other than snow, everything mm-hmm. else you can, everything else you can play on an AstroTurf park and you're only moving to it when the dark nights come in and the weather turns, so mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe half a year year, if that. No, definitely. That's the thing. The, the biggest thing that I feel at, at our level, and the, the biggest, um, certainly, is depending on how many boys you've brought in for the 21s. I think a big issue for some of the teams in the lower league, and it's interesting to hear some of the managers speak about it, is the under 21s. And the under 21s, they have, they're allowed five subs and they're rolling subs. So you bring mm-hmm. two boys in for the 21s, they're on the bench. The two of them get five minutes one week and then they don't play the next week. Don't play the next week. The two of them are off. And, and I always feel that. That's hard in terms of when where they are. In terms of even Paul would have probably found that in New Mains as well. Because that's what happens. And they come, oh, my mate's no enjoying it, I'm away. Sometimes you, you get a wee cluster, like you were saying, Des, in yeah. terms of a couple friends with Clyde or a couple. You get two or three together that come, come together. And, and sometimes when one of them are no enjoying it, the other two go. They could be playing just because their mates are away. That's yeah. it. Somebody, somebody's a driver, other one, somebody else doesn't drive. We had, we'd, we'd two, we'd one boy for the twenties who I think will go on and, and do well, uh, and we had another boy that came in from Patrick Thistle who was only nineteen, so he made his first start for it. He came in. We played a pre-season friendly against, I think it was Craig Mark. Now the boy's a big, tall, fit, strong boy, still to fill out. Come off at half time, looking shell shocked. Saying, God, they're big guys, aren't they? And you're like, son, they're all going to be big this year. <laughs> but then, Craig Mark in a pre-season friendly, and I was quite impressed with him, to be honest. I they'd thought a, they were good. They had a, heavy, a heavier boy up front, and I can't remember his name, number nine. And they just played it. They played to his feet, and they looked to go and play close. And, and I thought they were decent, to be honest. I thought, I thought they were good. They, they were big and strong at the back and did a, yeah. a young boy up front as well that was pretty that was pretty nippy. But I'll give I'll give I'll give the young player his due after that he settled down. We actually started him against Auchinleck and he had his best game ever. I think because he didn't have time to think. He just had to go and do it yeah. and get stuck and in. Play. Yeah. And yeah, and this is a boy who's at university studying to be clever, so maybe we need to knock <laughs> that out maybe but <laughs> no, that sometimes that needs to be knocked out them to be honest. What yeah. um what, what what do you think as well? I mean, in terms of well, both your decisions, I suppose to to leave your respective clubs. You know, the there was the obviously we've got the conference 
setup right now, which was designed to sort of filter the teams into the into the leagues um, next season. And that was seen as, you know, there was a possibility you could finish two thirds of the way up of that conference. You might have been a lower division team to start with. So effectively, that would give you a promotion for next season, which was seen as like an opportunity. But now we've started playing these games, you know, you're seeing heavy, heavy scores most weeks in at least one game in a conference. And it maybe highlights the fact that there is such a disparity between the best teams and the, the lower division teams. And I mean, is, with hindsight, and we're speaking with hindsight now, is that a fair system or can it just turn out to be demoralizing and could lead to managers leaving when actually they're playing in uh, against teams who they'd only really maybe ever come up against in a cup competition, Mark? What I do think is... Um, they took picking on Dorai. I'll use Dorai at the moment, but they were a championship first side. So that unfortunately they they like Ashfield were the league below them last year when the league sort of stopped. And Ashfield could have got promoted in that COVID year. You never ever know. They actually lost the boy um, Callum Graham who went to Port, who scored oh. a lot of their goals. But Ashfield beat Dorai something like eight two or something or six two. So the big score lines are actually was a, a league below. So I think there's, there, certainly from the Vale's point of view, and as I said and I alluded to that earlier on, we don't seem to have any teams in our conference at the moment, no disrespect to like Solcoach, I think I've got a one, maybe a one draw or, or, or no wins out of eight games. And like, Kosais were below us before we played on Wednesday night, or before we played on Saturday. They played six games, I think they'd won one, and drew two or drew one. And lost the other three. One of their games was abandoned, I think, for a bad injury. Yeah. So, when you look at it, I think it will ultimately even itself out. And maybe that's one different for obviously Des, who was, I, I think there's 20 in the top division, Des, and seven yeah. were getting relegated. So, yeah. where we were, in my outset originally, when the leagues, well, it's sort of a year ago when it was meant to start, a 10th place finish for me was a promotion. And that's what I was looking at, and that's what you saw that I talked about, yeah. So, some teams, some teams who were in that bottom division, like, say, if I, I'll use Ashfield, who, who are doing okay at the moment, Ashfield. So, Ashfield finishing the top three or four, they went through League One, right in, or League Two at the point, right in the, technically the championship. So, maybe they, they should be then given credit for, right, we've spent a wee bit of money, or we've sort of recruited quite well. As well, so I think there's two sides of the coin. I knew it was always going to be different. It's never nice. I remember my very first year, and Ardeer took some. Ardeer's another one. Look at Ardeer. Look at the flying. information. Yeah, absolutely flying. Yeah. When I first took over at, um, in my first year at the Vale, Ardeer were in our league that year, and it was the first year the sort of our leagues were mixed up. Um, and it, I'm pretty sure it was an 18 0 off of Les Mahago that year. So but look at them, they've stripped it back and they brought in, I'm sure the guy came from one of the Ayrshire Amateur sides. I think West Bride, I think. West Bride. Yes. And yeah. he, just brought, he just brought the whole the whole, the whole whole shooting match with him. Yes, and then they're sitting right now. Wishow in our conference as well, we're riding high at the top of the league as well in terms of when you've got St. Rocks, Peter Sulco, Scythe, Nielsen, Drumchapel, I think will maybe win of us. Um, to be honest, I'm I think Drumchapel have probably got the power if, if it's close in about Christmas, I think they'll go and invest and, uh, and sort of a kick on. So they're going to go from technically 
never been in the league right into potentially the Premier League. They're going to miss out playing. So, Coach Luger, Fela Klein, you know what I mean? They're going to go and miss all that out and go straight in. So, is that fair as well? You know what I mean? I think Hart Hull have been sort of a dealt, not the best of hands as well either. When they transferred over, they, they were obviously came over with a, 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 a Easter Scotland junior membership. And then obviously they've been the putting in a division at the moment with teams that are still trying to sort of a, meet the criteria to earn, enter the leagues. So yeah. in, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's fair. And in terms of Bonington done the same, and they were parachuted right into a twenty team Premiership because it was lobbied for. Um, so is that fair on Hart Hull as it was in Bonington? I'm not 100 percent sure about that. Maybe, but the the leagues will they're leaving themselves out. Over the it was place. always. It was always going to be turkeys voting for Christmas, asking the the league leaders if, if do you want promoted, and we'll put you straight into the Premier League for the first year, and then we're taking bonus in from the south. It would be a uh, it'd be a, a strange decision if they said no, don't put us in. But it then no, puts definitely. it then puts it then puts massive pressure on any team sitting potentially tenth and below in that Premier League because yes. anybody can beat any anyone at any time. Um, the teams that are potentially going to come up. Will they have the resources and manpower to go up and play? They may be able to do it in a one-off, as we see in most games. You can get a David and Goliath moment, but are they going to be able to consistently play every week? Because it's a, what I certainly know, it's a, it's a very fast and physical league. Big guys, yeah. big strong guys. So if you're going to fill your team with youngsters coming through, which we've noticed as well, you're, you're really going to need to prepare them. So I think some of the teams coming up will find it difficult. And I also think if any of the boys, the, the teams that get relegated, do you know what? The, team, the teams that they're, they're relegated with might find they just ship them out and they'll just go, well, you just didn't keep us in, so we'll we'll restart again, we'll rebuild. Yeah, definitely. If, if I look at back at my start of the season, so we, our first four games or something, first five games, I think, we played... St Rocks, who's a championship side, Nielsen, a championship side, are drossing when the leagues get stopped. Well, at the top of the league, but then the points per average got up, and I think Shelton went on and they gave Shelton the league that year. So, but technically, they would have been promoted into the, champion, uh, into the championship. So, ultimately, as you're saying, Des, you're playing three teams straight away that are two leagues above you. Yeah. So, then I'm coming off the park at the end of the day going, it's no good enough, that's no good enough, and, and you're going, in hindsight, is it the budget's just slightly better, or you're, you're not 100% sure, you know? So that's maybe why the St Anthony's result has hardly hurt me so much. And similarly, you, Des, you're coming off and you're thinking, if I take anything with St Rocks or I take anything away to Nielsen, it's a bonus. But I need to be I need to be the same or, or, or showing that we can come against teams round about us. And then you, you've obviously played, you're thinking, right, this is. This is a one that we're going to take three points. You fancy yourself within that game. And St Anthony's were in our league when it stopped. So I'm going to that and going, for me, this is not good enough. I put that on the part, then it's time for me then to go. Am I right in saying that I know we've not played for 18 months and we've started back and we're doing the Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday for the first 10 games to get through. So that's a, that's a heavy workload. Is there not also five cup competitions this year as well? I think the Premier League team's involved in. So there's a lot of football to be played. Yeah, a lot well, of we actually, we actually play Nielsen next Saturday, and the points don't count because they're actually in the second half of the season. But because Nielsen and Fairclay um, didn't keep their junior membership, so they're not in the Junior mm-hmm. Scottish Cup, so they are playing 
they've brought that league game from the end of the season forward, so we don't have a free week. But their points don't count until the whole season, because then... Um, but the, point, the, game, the game's been played, you know the results. <laughs> exactly. So, I could have stayed in, stayed in Charles, went to Peter's Hall tomorrow, maybe get a defeat, play Nielsen on Saturday. We should have took something away to Nielsen. Go and beat them on Saturday. In, yeah, get the three points. I don't get three points. So, am I on seven? Tell anybody. You can't tell anybody. <laughs> am I on seven or am I on? Am I still on? Am I up at eight or am I still on five? And it takes you up three positions. So I, I don't quite know, but I believe there's the South of Scotland Cup, which is the new Scottish Cup. Yeah. Where everybody was in. There is the Scottish Cup still for the the teams that are in it. There's the Strathclyde Demolition Cup for the teams that are not in the Scottish Cup. Um, there's the West of Scotland Cup, and I think there is one more, so you could be right in terms of cup competitions. I think when we were speaking to, to the committee, I think one of the cups, if you are the home team, you retain all the gate, none of the money goes to the away team. That's the South of Scotland Cup, that's correct. And if you get to the final, there's no prize money. One of the what cups. Is, what is the prize for it? Is the prize then that you get access to the big Scottish Cup? No, you just get a gold medal. Well done, pat on the back. Uh, but you've had to play six or seven games to get there. Yeah. Can you imagine yeah. if you get imagine if you get a player injured in that tournament? You'd be absolutely raging. Yeah, definitely. Or yeah, I'm sure I'm sure I, I may be wrong and somebody tell me if I am, but I'm sure there was one of the cups if you get to the final, there's no prize money, you get a gold medal and well done. I know, yeah. I know we were told with the South of Scotland or the Strathclyde Cup that I think there's only there's been one game played in that already. Glencairn played fourth in a preliminary round because of the to get the numbers down to, to sort of work it out. We've got BSC in that or um I'm pretty sure even they said if you win that you then play the winner of the South of Scotland or one of the other cups and then you've got a chance to win to the big Scottish. I'm yeah. not sure. We'll uh, we'll get somebody on to correct you, Des, if uh, if um, you know bang on them. I'm sure. We'll, I'm I sure. We'll I think you know. I think you know. Stuff, Thank you. Oh, nobody, oh, nobody first time I'm wrong. <laughs> Just well, uh, you were a referee, Des. You were a referee. as you always said, I was probably the only player in the part that was guaranteed to last ninety minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was true. That's true. Yeah. Just uh, just before we finish this section of the show, um, Mark, I mean, you've touched on it already. I, I take it you've had, well, we're recording this on Tuesday, so you've had two or three days to to sort of um, be out of football, but already looking to get back into it if the right opportunity comes up. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure. Some of the messages I've had have been really, really touching um, from sort of a, all different areas within the game in terms of the, some of the managers that have been in the Premier League in various positions, it's been really, really touching. And they're like, take a break, go and enjoy time with your family. Go, no, no, no. Football, football's my life, to be honest, and I'm all missing it already. And I, I didn't think that was it. And maybe I just needed that We step back for a couple of days to see exactly how much I was putting in to then go right. I've made so many mistakes. As a manager, you make mistakes. Every day in life you make a mistake, but it's how you how you react to that and how you, you then go forward from that. So I think I'm, I'll be a better manager for what's happened. I certainly I, I certainly won't go into a job next time and, and try and do everything yourself, which is, which is probably what I've done there. And it became a, 
became a burden and maybe a chore. So I think for that, I look at it now as I was relatively young when I when I sort of I took that job. I'm, I'm only 39 at the moment, so that was sort of a 34, 30, I must mean 35, turn, just turned 36 maybe when I took it originally. Um, so I think I've done an apprenticeship now um, in terms of being at the, we were in the bottom league. We, I only kept three. In my first season, we, we missed out in promotion with one goal. I only kept four players or five players, I think, for the season before. And it was a whole new team. Similar to what the, 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 the gentleman at um, RD have done. I brought a whole my whole amateur side across at that point. Or, Sean, Sean uh, Kenny. Sean yeah. Kenny. As part of, um, I brought most of them with me at that point. We missed out in promotion but with one goal. You know what I mean? And I still see the ball was out of play, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, my name is Jamie Nesbitt, manager of Thornwood United, and you're listening to Down the Divisions. Former Vale of Clyde boss Mark Mackay is on the show this week. Well, Mark, we've, we've talked about your, your managerial reign coming to an end there, but let's go all the way back to your playing days. Uh, I think you played as a striker, mainly Rutherglen, Glencairn, Cumbernauld United, Les Mahago, Blantyre Vicks. How do, you, how do you look back on your playing days now when you, when you think back? I was probably a nightmare to manage. That's what I would say now. <laughs> see that? That said, yeah. Oh. But see, see, the thing is, back then, you, you didn't have WhatsApp chats. You didn't even just turn up. If you weren't in the squad, you weren't in the squad. You knew training was 7 o'clock here and and you done that. Probably, the, I would say, one of my biggest regrets probably within um, football or whatever was probably, I probably left the Glens and I probably shouldn't have. I loved my time at the Glens. And, Right enough, I see I regret that, but when I went to Lesbian Hegel, we went and won the league, so it's hard, it was more than ever junior medal and, um, for me, but I really enjoyed my time at the Glens. Um, they played at their old park at that point, it was quite small and you could get about very, very good and I, I was quite quick, so um, I really, really, really enjoyed my time at the Glens. Um, good bunch of boys. You, and, is that where you spent the longest in your career? Was it I started. I started with um, Bailson Juniors. Right. Originally, I started with Bailson, um, and that's where um, Dougie Bell I actually gets sent off in my first game for Bailson after oh. 13 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us so, more about that. So what happened was back then when I first went to the Juniors, you played your League Cup section, which I've done away with now. Um, but ours was Fairy Clyde, ironically, St Rocks and Shelton. So it was always little derby games. Saturday, Wednesday, or Saturday sometimes, Saturday, Monday, Wednesday. So I'd played a couple of games as a trialist um, and then done quite well. Dougie Bell, I'm going to sign you. Right, great. So um, Bell's Hill, it was Bell's Hill. Bell's Hill had been demoted two divisions for something. It was like a stag do and they asked for permission to game be off. They got doctor's lines and something happened within it and they get demoted for the Premier League. Didn't you sort of a Bellison at that time they're in the second division? So, first first game, all oh, buzzing, oh, can't wait. Paul's moot, you're a sub today, they'll tie at the back, you'll come on, off, you'll do this, you'll, you'll cause them trouble. I'm like, right, great, just young boy, 18 at that point, um, fans pining to watch it, you laugh, this is great. Later through your door, you're registered a professional, didn't know anything about like junior football at that time, retention rules, and so couldn't you leave or nothing, but so... Yeah. I don't know, do you ever play or remember Bailison's Park at all? I think I remember Bailison's 
part years ago. One of my one of my best friends, his dad was involved in the coaching years ago. Did it not used to have like stairs coming down for the for the yep. dress So station park, so park was quite low. Um, maybe no do a similar equal size, maybe in terms of the the changing and being up a bit, and it used to have the tunnel so down there. So the dugout was the opposite side. Um, from where the tunnel was, our home dugout. So, referee sub, right, Marky, Patton heading that young boy, raring to go, go in front of the centre forward, it's a throw in, I come on at the halfway for a throw in. Defender goes to take a throw in, I turn around to see where the centre forward went, I'm meant to be on his toes, knocked back to the, the Shire, went to win the ball, Pff, red card straight off, didn't he touch the ball, straight back up the tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> back up the tunnel. How did Dougie Bell do you know what? I, I think he liked that it was I put a tackle in, to be honest. So he, he was like, I was expecting all sorts, to be honest. What's he doing for the next week? <laughs> Aye. Dougie, to be honest, you were talking about earlier on about sort of a young boys and stuff. We trained in the Red Ash. Dougie Bell used to smash me about the training. It was a bit absolutely elbow you in the back of the head. What, Dougie, we're playing in two days. Ah, you need to toughen up, son. Well, thanks. Thanks, Dougie. Bye, that was me. So I went from there and um, went to Rob Roy um, at the six. I didn't know anything about junior football. So I'm like, well, I want to leave. Oh, we're selling you. Oh, what do you mean you're selling me? I, says, I just want to leave. No, no, you're on the transfer list. Because I was, they registered me as a professional. I didn't really know at that time, sort of a. That now that retention rule and all that's away, but originally in the, the sort of a junior game, that's what had happened. Um, so I went to Rob Roy, um, Wally Harvey had known yeah. me. Um, Wally was the assistant to Gordon Wilson at um, Rob Roy. So went to Rob Roy for six months. Well, I went about the March time, played a few games and didn't really work out. And then, then uh, it was a swap deal. Um, I went to Glen Cairn and there was a guy at Glen Cairn um, who went to Rob Roy. And that's when I really, I did enjoy it, to be honest. I think I was the top goal scorer for Glencairn three years in a row um, at that time. And there's no better feeling. I was a centre forward. There's no better feeling than hitting the net. There's none whatsoever. Off the toe, off the bum, off the head, off the ear, anyway. Anything. Any, anything. Aye. Some, something that some maybe our forwards or maybe the boys that you had at the moment probably need. Somebody mm-hmm. to take a shot. And I went through a season like that at the Glens. It didn't matter where I shot for the keeper. Fumbled it or... Just went in, and, and, and sometimes you get them within your career. And it's no better feeling, to be honest. That's no better feeling. Um, went for the Glens to Cumbernauld, and at the time, our first year at the Glens, it was when the Ayrshire leagues and that started to, to come together. So only one got promoted. Um, so Glencairn finished second that year. They had a very good um, size team under John Richardson. They had a very good side. So we stayed in the sort of a central leagues. So there was like an Ayrshire. Uh, yes. two super leagues and then you're sort of a two your two central leagues below that. Um I've believed in myself and I'm gonna I can go and play that level. So signed the Cumbernauld and instantly regretted it. Instantly regretted it. Did you so stay there long? I, I stayed for six months. Nothing against uh, nothing against Cumbernauld as a club. They're a fantastic club. What had happened was the guy who was a manager was a guy called Jerry McLaughlin. I don't know if you know Jerry. He played in goals with Peters Hill and um, he was... Where was he last? Still talk to him very well, but I f- training was terrible. I felt training was really, really poor. I don't know if it was a goalkeeper because he was a goalkeeper and he was taking it. I, I felt you're standing about too long. 
it wasn't short and sharp enough and things that I've now trying to implicate into my own sort of a training make sure it's short and sharp and you've not got boys standing about and that but I just I didn't enjoy it at all um, at that time they were in the uh, in the super first or whatever it would have been so it was like doing air and stuff like that and uh, good standard of teams you're playing against but I just didn't I just didn't enjoy it it took me a long time Shettleson that year had a made a mistake with registrations and we managed to take um, we Dixie came to Shettleson and boys that played at that time uh, John Crook came Tam Martin who I've had actually signed Tam's boy Lee and the Shettleson someone over the great side but it just didn't really work for me I, I, they tried to play me wide and I, I just didn't enjoy it I didn't enjoy it at all from there went on to uh, Les Mihago at the Christmas time we went and won the league and that was great to be involved in that um, under Sandy Robertson and Robert Irvin who's just left Les Mihago he's just stepped back at the moment and B. David Jackson was there as well um, went and won the league there um, probably didn't play as much as I would like more more of a, getting used as a sub and maybe an impact player maybe no doing it but um, being part of that and winning something is what we all do it for isn't it? You, you, you go and win whether it's the first division or the second division or whatever you, you've played that 26, 28 games, whatever it may be at that time, to go and win the league. You can only win the competition that you're playing in, so you've just got to go and give it all, give yeah, it your all. Definitely. From then, Molly Harvey signed me again, so that's maybe why the Glens are struggling. Molly keeps signing the same donkeys. Um, Molly signed me at Blanterbicks. Um, absolutely fantastic side of Blanterbicks we had that year. And just everything, everything. I've been through it now myself and understand now what can happen in terms of being in that environment. You think you've got the, the best players. We had a really, really good side, bring glancing players that went on to play in, in the top levels of junior football. Um, and we just couldn't win. So then, what I've had in the last couple of weeks or the last couple of years, I mean, it's not going well. You've got that target in your back. So if I'm left out, you're going, why am I not playing? Or, no matter what Wally tried that year at the Vicks, it was just unfortunate that just nothing worked, unfortunately. And from there I went to fourth and I was a lovely guy and I still speak to John McCormack and that just didn't really work and from then I ended up back playing with my mates. Fell in love again there. It became a tour going to fourth and the part was not great at that point and it worked hard and I took maybe four or five years, maybe six years out of junior football together at that point. Um, went back playing with my mates, went to Ibrox in the afternoon that that was I was quite happy that until the sort of a then I got on the management side. And so Jerry McGregor helped me from then. So is coaching something that you've been that you were looking to or is it maybe something that you sort of landed in when you when you're playing the time is coming in? Basically landed in it I was at a Saturday um at a Saturday morning side and um, so I could go to football in the afternoon. Um and what happened was the guy the, the two guys who are on it, I'm still very, very close with. They were sort of a 37, 38. Oh, their mates were 37, 38. So their player pool then sort of a diminished and it was left to sort of a younger boys and we think, we think you should take it on. Um, and at that time, I was still playing. I was thinking I was 32 when I'd done that. So I managed to scrape a team together for the first get with sales through at the end of the season. Next year, I played. Um, we finished third, won a cup. Second, the next year that I played, we won a cup and finished third again. My final year there. Um, so the first couple of years, I brought in Jerry McGregor. Do you know Jerry? Jerry, know. you know of him? Uh, in relation to Ryan McGregor? Ryan's dad. Right, he Ryan used to be a bit of a 
yes, used to be yeah. a bike. So, yeah. because I was still playing, I asked Jerry to come and take my training, because I don't think it was right that I was, even on Saturday morning or whatever, do things properly and try and do it as professional as you possibly can. So, Jerry came and took all of our training for us, because I wanted to train, because if I didn't train, then I couldn't pick myself. So, Jerry came in and helped, took our training, came on a Saturday, gave me some bits of advice and that, which was very, very good. Um, and then my final year there, what happened is I'd say to Jerry, look, Jerry, thank you for all your help. I'm just going to do it. I'm not going to play next year at all. So uh, thanks for all your ideas and various bits and pieces. And I'd just learned, I'd just learned to drive, actually. So I'd say to Jerry, Jerry, at this point, he'd went back into Vela Clyde with um, James Skinner. Um, they took over, I think, from Brian Wright, I think, was there. There was a manager before them. So Jerry and James... Jerry went back into the veil. Um, I just learned to drive, so I spoke to Jerry. I spoke to Big Andy um, Cameron, who's I know Miss Skid, who was up at St Rocks, and a mate of mine, Paul Finnegan, was out at Shorts at the time. So I'd spoke to the three of them, and I says, "Look, lads, I'm not really. I want to kind of come and watch your training. I'm just trying to get ideas from my Saturday morning team. I've just learned to drive, which is obviously I can come and, and do these things." Um, and they're like, right, ah, no bother, pal, any night you're free, come and, come and help. And I went and watched some of your training dogs and took some ideas and various bits and pieces. And the, the, the veil was sort of a struggling a wee bit. And Jerry asked me, would I go in and help him? And I'm like, oh, Jerry, it's a big commitment. You train Monday, Thursday. I'm training on a Tuesday with my own side. My, my first protocol will be my own side on a Saturday morning. Um, but if I can get to your games, I'll come and I'll help your warm-up or I'll help whatever I can do. Um, and at Christmas time, he's like, would you fancy this job? And I'm like, no, mate, I don't fancy it. No, I'm happy. At that time, people might go off. You were only an amateur side, but we were undefeated in the league in two semi-finals. I'd worked that was, that, that was years. Red oh, sorry, Red Star. Red Star, yeah. Um, so I, I've been three years there and, and I'm going, I'm not walking away from what we're trying to do. So, but see, the more and more that I was getting more involved with the veil and back to, I was like that with 18-year-old again. The fans coming in, it's your own ground. When I played junior football originally, there was a, I was proud and it was a privilege to go and play at that level because I was, you were as close to the, the seniors as you could probably get at that point. There was no, don't get me wrong, there was no pyramid or anything like that, but there was that wee professionalism back then. Atmosphere was, playing in front of people who are paying money to get in. There's the supporters yeah. who've got a, a vested interest in it. They they, they, they shout and they ball. So, yeah. That's, that's, that's that was it. But back then as well, they had also, they had, the junior teams had all the track suits and that. Amateur teams just you wore what you want. And so, that wee thing. So, the more and more I started going and I was leaving, like, right from my game, on a Saturday and getting straight to there and setting up warm-ups and doing all these things I'm going right he's like do you think you would would you be interested and I'm going I Jed I'd be interested but you would need to go because the twos would clash Jerry's fantastic for me but he's Jerry is we play 4-4-2 four, four, and my four will beat your five and I don't care and he was old school which was needed within the juniors at that time it was needed so um I ended up taking it, taking it on. Um, we went on to win the both cups. I kept my Saturday morning team at the end of the season. I was through to that. We won both cups. We won the league, undefeated. 
Uh, I think we lost, in fact, we lost the very last league game of the season when the league was already done. So I'd probably taken it as far as I could in terms of my Saturday morning side and a fantastic opportunity came in sort of a and I went in the veil. I just um you mentioned, you know, it, it was a regret that maybe you left uh, the Glens. Yeah. Um you injured your knee there, didn't you? And 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 kind of played on through the pain barrier. I think you you didn't have surgery on it for for maybe or you didn't get surgery on it as quickly as you might have. I read some articles where it came across that so that was a bit of a regret as well and maybe who knows what hap- what would have happened if you if you'd had surgery back then is that is that is that fair fair comment yeah i was probably i should have passed the ball huh? it was a terrible terrible tackle but when i let the ball go probably when it happened it was in a league cup section game against um campus line rangers and i'd always had a great record against campus line i also remember uh, Jim O'Donnell, who still covers Evening Times at times. Canvas Lang had just signed Brian Martin, who played with Murrowville and stuff. Yeah. He was huge. So we're talking about big boys in the Premier League. Brian Martin was huge. I terrorised him at Canvas <laughs> Lang. He didn't like a wee guy. Every time he jumped, I backed in and he came over the top of me. I got three kicks. And, uh, the, what was the headline? I also MP Striker. Um, He's Buff the Runaround or whatever it was, because I think that was his nickname, Buff. <laughs> um, so, from that, we always played canvas line. It was one of the grounds that I loved to go and play it, because I always seemed to score. Um, and then, I, it probably is a regret. I'd, I cut everybody in it. It's everybody here, or I'd trials here, and I, I was doing it at Scarborough, I was doing it at Grimsby, I was doing it at Darlington. And um, for that injury, I probably never recovered. I still, my, my knee still to this day gives me trouble, but I probably wasn't as quick. Um, and it probably was, for the Glens, was probably the peak. And I probably had this service probably staying at some of the clubs in terms of, I probably didn't feel, it was like two paracetamol, two ibuprofen every four hours, home for training, ice it, just to try and, because I loved it so much. And you still do it. Probably the older I got, I probably adapted my game more and played more with my back to go and for a small striker. I used to love watching, I'm a massive Rangers fan, but I used to love watching Scott McDonald. We striker, takes it in, would get booted 30 yards out, when he go down, when he go down, 18 yards out, go down he goes apparently. So you go and adapt your game to try and do your best because I still wanted to play. I still have that desire at the moment to, to I wish I could go and play, but you go and play in the Astro and it swells up for two or three days and you're hobbling about it work and it becomes a point where you can't do it. But I know John. You do like I'll training was on or whatever and I'll be like it's alright, you can jump in for fifteen minutes. You can play for that wee bit in it. They're like you've you've get, you've put a floater in the game so you can train your madman. Get out, you know what I mean? I'm going Aye. sometimes a man gets sent half and you need to play seven v ten, ten v eleven and ten v you need to learn these things and that they're like, no, you just want to try and score goals, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, probably has a regret, but can you have regrets? Can you? Do you, do you just... Can I, I could be sitting here speaking to you in six years' time or six months' time and you're going, oh, I'll have a follow-up, where are you now? And I'm going, nobody took a chance on me. I, 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 should, I regret leaving the veil. So I, I'll never know. You, you, you'll never, ever know. Do you think I was the same player? Possibly not. Possibly not. Hi, I'm Gordon Moffat. I'm the manager of Clyde Bank, and you're listening to Down the Divisions.
Before we finish up, we'll clear up the Down the Divisions decider. This week, I'm looking for the club that was uh, founded at an old jail office in 1895. They won the first Scottish Junior Cup seven years later in 1902. Their motto, Fame from Smoke, is incorporated on their club badge. And when the previous ground was demolished in 2007, it was the oldest junior ground in Scotland. Their current ground is named after a lifelong supporter. So who's the least confident of you two? Me now. Me now. Actually, are we allowed to see it now? Yeah, yeah we'll have to yeah. see who yeah. I think. I think it. I think. I think it's the Glens. That's right. I think, I think it's Oldham Glen, because they've just changed their stadium to the Hamish Allen Centre, the Hamish Allen or stadium who passed away. But it was when you said they were in League One, I wasn't sure if it was League One in terms of the professional ranks were all right down. My first So SPFL League One down. SPFL. Yeah, my, my answer would be Rolgan Glenkirm. For me, it was moving the ground in 2007 because I was still in the juniors at that point. Um, and I, I do remember something, reading something recently about the supporter getting getting a, getting a named after it. So, yeah, and probably about fitting if it is them and Mark's here on board. Well, there's, there's a lot of pressure on you this week. Uh, I could sense you were feeling it before the show as well uh having having got so many right when you're not on the show but fair play to you des fair play to you mark you got it i do you know i actually went for the for the glens and then it was only after i'd, I'd kind of got all the clues i thought oh mark played for the glens he's gonna get it and he i will it was that i remember obviously the m74 then went yes. from that's why the park get moved because they kept the yep. social club on the main road but the park then get put in the back but it was the I wasn't quite sure if it was the division or, or not, and that was my first link, because the, the gentleman's family were at the last home game, I think. Well, we played Auckland Lake on Saturday, I think it may be in the home game before that. Um, they they sort of changed the, the name of the stadium, and um, I think I'm sure the gentleman may be a fan by now, but that's, that's obviously unfortunate, but um, that's maybe why the stadium was changed. Yeah, originally, I mean, the old... The old School Cross Park. Yeah, Southcroft Park, and I think yeah. it was there for 110 years. I think before um, before it was demolished for that, as you say, for the M74 extension. And then when they built the, the new park, it was New Southcroft Park. And then yeah. I think it went through a couple of sponsorship names as well. I think it was the Celsius. It was um, the, um, the one of their sponsors is a um, an air conditioning, and I think that was one of the names of the stadium at one point as well. But um, They've done okay recently. I know they were 3-1, 4-1 down to Kilwinning the other week and come back and drew four each um, yeah. in the Glens. Great result because we've seen Kilwinning play this year and they'll, they'll, take a, they'll take a good team to beat them this year. Strainy's got a, a strong squad. Who do you think will win it, Des? Who do you think will win the Premier? I think it's hard it's hard to outlook with yeah, Kilwinning, Darblock and Lech. I would say it'll be a, a shootout between Cohen and Auckland Lake. Whoever gets the, the upper hand between them, I would fancy fancy one of them. So sitting in the fence, Auckland Lake. I think it'll be hard. I think what, what is evident of it is the three teams you mentioned, they're all Wershire-based. You're, yeah. no you're not putting a Clyde Bank in there who have got big aspirations to go back up the league. So um, Pollock, we murdered at Pollock. Um, the Glens have got him. Um, the Vale have got him. Sorry, in the in the cup, um, which will be tough day for the Zealanders. Say there's your top five. Uh, I know Coburn played Clyde Bank the other week there, but from from when I was there, from what I've seen, Auckland like just do the. They seem to produce the same 
same type of players, same type of teams, do the same things, nothing fancy, but it's hard to break down. Um, yeah. And co-winning, they've got a lot of very good footballers. Uh, and Thomas Collins coming back in this year as well. He's he's going to get he's going to be amongst the goals for for them. So I would say it'll come down to the two of them, uh, and I'd probably pump for Auchinleck. It may be the thing though with the five cup competition because I, I believe Auchinleck will probably be in the big Scottish as well. So yeah, they. But I think Darvel and Clyde Bank are also in that as well. So all are, they've all got their West of Scotland. Eh, sorry, their SFA license. Oh, they've got a license now. They can yeah. they can all go. You, yeah. you wonder. Do you think it'll be totally different? I think in the next four, five years, I don't think you'll have your teams like your Rock and Lips and that anymore. They'll go. I would. I would imagine they'll be in. They'll be the Lowland League. The majority of teams in the Lowland League will come through the the ex juniors, so to speak. Yeah. Um, I, well, even look at Kelty at the moment. Kelty are sitting. Are sitting near enough top. I think you may be even top of that division. So, there maybe isn't the the bigger gap. And you you spoke about it earlier on, Gareth, in terms of. Mixing it all up and playing these teams, do you know what I mean? So that's what that's what the whole South of Scotland Cup I was really looking forward to. That was my that was one thing that I was really looking forward to because I think it was the first two rounds and then you could have got a Kelly Hearts or, or you would have got whoever was in there up to the own league, so you could have got um a, a big tile. We get Pollock at home, as you said, the club will win out of that because you don't need to sort of uh, share the gate anymore. So everything that comes in that day stays within the, the things that are very and that can only help them go forward. Well, Mark, uh, appreciate you joining us, uh, especially so soon after coming to the tough decision of uh, leaving the Vale. But uh, we hope you're you know, out of football for too long and you're not walking around B&Q on a, on a Monday night. Uh, I needed a football so, fix, lads, so you've done me the treat tonight. It's been absolutely <laughs> fantastic, to be honest. We, we've, uh, we've been your therapy tonight, have we? Yeah, definitely. I <laughs> suppose. <Okay. laughs> we're, we're here to help. Uh but um, no, all the best for the future, and uh, hope you're not out the game for too long. And we'll uh, all being well, we'll get you back on the show when you when you get unveiled at uh, at your next club. Really appreciate it. No word at all. Thank you very much. All the best, Mark. Take care. Thank you, Des. Thanks as well, Des, for uh, for sitting in for for Paul. We'll see if he can uh, be uh, bothered returning next week. Oh, uh, okay. Thanks again to our sponsors, Two Forty Four Creative. Go to www.44creativehq.com. If you're looking for a photographer, graphic designer, videographer or video editor. And don't forget, you can get in touch with us with your comments or suggestions for people to speak to. Or if you'd like your club's audio featured on the show. Our email address is divisions at gmail.com. That's divisions at gmail.com. Or you can get in touch via Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Do leave a comment which helps others find us and subscribe to get alerts when our latest episode is released. We'll be back next Friday on Down the Divisions. <laughs>